Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Well, hello once again for the Growing in Grace podcast. I'm Mike Kapler, the Cap, along with the Breeze Man, Joel Breezeke. 15 years and still rolling here on the Growing in Grace podcast. If you've just found us, we've got all of our past programs archived at growingingrace.org, growingingrace.org. We still hear from people, and in fact, recently, where somebody went back through all of the old programs and wanted to get caught up, and I think that's just what happens when you begin to discover grace and break free from all the religious gobbledygook that you've been filled with over the years. And so thanks for communicating with us out there in podcast land. Yeah, there's well over 700 podcasts and a wide range of topics that a person could listen to, such as this one that we're doing, tithing, all kinds of uh, things that we talk about. So you can search the website, growingingrace.org, to see if there's something that we might have talked about that you can find some information on. So yeah, we've been doing this tithing series. You know, I'm reminded as we start here that You know, if a person, if you want to give 10% of your income to a church, that's up to you. You're free. You're free to do that if that's what you want to do. Some people willingly, lovingly, joyfully do that. The problem, as you've probably heard us talking about the last few weeks, and as we'll talk about some more, is that the scriptures do not teach that. People use the scriptures to try to teach that, but it's not really in the scriptures. Just to put it bluntly like that, there are scriptures, people I think start with a conclusion, give 10% of your income to a church, because they've heard that. And then they go looking at various scriptures that talk about tithing, and they find somehow, miraculously, they find give 10% of your income to a church in there when it's not actually in there. So you're free to do that if you want. You are free. I'm not going to stop anyone, not going to tell anyone, don't do that. But just don't tell anybody that the scriptures say to do that because the scriptures don't say to do that. Well, and and Joel, I mean, it, it does raise a few questions. And and as you mentioned, we're we're in the middle of a series here right now, so you might want to go back a few programs to find out what we said leading up to this about the tithe and how it became a part of the law and what it was all about. But there are some questions, though. How is the church defined? If you think you're supposed to give 10% of all your money to a church, you know, what defines a church? I mean, <laughs> is it somebody who has filed for 5013C status here in the United States as a nonprofit corporation? I mean, what is, you know, how, how do you define that? And when did the tithe become about money? Because it certainly wasn't for Israel under the law. You know, so when we talk about the church, is that meant to include all individual believers or just a corporation? And, you know, who who does the tithe go to specifically? We knew where it was supposed to go under the old covenant to the tribe of the Levites because it was meant to the tithe was meant to feed them. So if it's supposed to be going to those doing the work of the ministry, who would that include? Is it just pastors who are in charge of the church corporation? Is it other people who are out there doing the work of the ministry? I mean, because the church really is all of us in Christ, right? You know, there's just so many things that get twisted up and don't make any sense because, I mean, even under the law, the receiver of the tithes could not own property 
They could not have another source of income. So if your pastor who's receiving your 10%, your tithe, has a part-time job or owns a house, owns property, then that wouldn't mesh with the rules under the tithing uh, that took place under the law. So a whole bunch of stuff there that we really haven't touched on yet. But as you said, Joel, I think the bottom line is this. There were many opportunities for somebody like the Apostle Paul, who wrote such a big chunk of, of what we call the New Testament. There were many opportunities where he could have said, he could have clarified, he could have straightened out, uh, this is how it used to be with the tithe, and this is how it is now. But the tithe is never really even mentioned, except in the book of Hebrews, which we're going to be getting into. And it has nothing to do with New Covenant believers giving 10% of their money. Right, yeah. Yeah, Paul had plenty of opportunities, plenty of times when he talked, when he wrote to the various church communities about giving, about them giving to help this church in this city or, or that or whatever, this group of people, this body of believers in this city or whatever. And he never once said, well, don't forget to tithe. Remember to tithe. Remember to give 10% of your income to support that local church or this local church. And it was never, as we talked about in, in the last few weeks, it was never about money anyway. And, you know, some people will ask the question, well, what scripture says specifically? Give me the scripture that tells me that tithing ended. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, okay, you give me the scripture then, like you were just saying, Cap, that tells us that tithing changed to money. What specific scripture says that, okay, they used to tithe crops and animals to support a tribe, one of the 12 tribes of Israel. You give me the scripture that says, now the storehouse is the church. And like you said, define that. That takes it even deeper. But what scripture says and that, and what scripture says that pastors and a church with a mortgage and a church with programs and all that, that's where a tithe of money is supposed to go. There's no scriptures that say that. But I can actually tell you where the scriptures do say that tithing ended. And it's, it's actually Hebrews 8.13, but I'll back, well, Hebrews 8.13 says, In that he says a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. Okay, or that doesn't say specifically that tithing ended, but let's back up. Let's back up to Hebrews 7. And this is where it gets really interesting because it talks about Abraham's tithe to Melchizedek. And this is another scripture, another passage that people use to try to teach tithing. You know, talking about Abraham's tithe to Melchizedek. We already talked about how Abraham gave a tithe, 10% of the spoils of war. I think we did. I'm not sure. He gave a tithe of the spoils of war to Melchizedek. Uh, I think a couple weeks ago we might have talked about that. And so people will, will use this passage, chapter 7 of Hebrews, to try to make doctrine that Abraham was tithing to Jesus because he gave a tithe of the spoils of war to Melchizedek, and Jesus is high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. So therefore, Abraham tithed to Jesus, and so we should tithe to Jesus. But that's not what this passage is saying. The writer of Hebrews is spending several chapters Hebrews 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, to talk about how Jesus himself is greater than the old covenant. Jesus himself, the ministry of Jesus, the priesthood of Jesus, does away with the priesthood of the Levites. It does away with the old covenant system entirely. Hebrews eight thirteen, like I just read, the old covenant was made obsolete. 
The writer here in Hebrews 7 is talking about why that covenant became obsolete. And he uses Abraham's tithe to Melchizedek to make his point. The point isn't about the amount that Abraham gave. It's not about the tithe itself, the fact that Abraham gave a tenth. It's about the fact that the writer is trying to show these people, his fellow Hebrew people, that Melchizedek is greater than Abraham. And therefore, Jesus, who is high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, is also greater than Abraham. And then the Levites came from Abraham, and so Jesus is greater than the Levites and does away with the Old Covenant. That's really what the point is. It talks about how Abraham, the lesser, was blessed by Melchizedek, the greater. I don't think we necessarily need to read all of these verses because it's probably half or more of the chapter of of Hebrews 7, but uh, even Levi, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. So the tribe of Levi still hadn't been born yet. They hadn't come yet. They were in Abraham when Abraham gave this tithe to Melchizedek. So Melchizedek blessed Abraham, signifying that Melchizedek was greater than Abraham and the Levites. And so Jesus is greater than Levites and does away with the old, the old covenant. The uh, one thing that people that really trips people up here is that it says here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them. The mortal men who received the tithes were the Levites. It's not talking about here right now today. This is talking about 2000 years ago. Levites were still receiving tithes. But there he receives them, of whom it is witness that he lives. And it's talking about Melchizedek, who was without father, without mother, without genealogy. That's the whole point. It's someone who, Jesus came, is, is high priest according to the order of someone who has the power of an endless life. And if you read the whole chapter, you'll see that. That's really what this is about. Well, and there's the danger of, of getting caught up in verseology. I mean, it's just so easy. Somehow our mindset is just so... So uh, drawn, uh, like a magnet, to look at verses and try to figure them out. And, and that's why I, 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 somebody told us years ago when Joel and I were first coming into grace that the Bible can actually be one of the most dangerous books you'll ever read <laughs> if you don't have an understanding of the gospel. And so the context is crucial here. As you look through different verses, understanding the big picture of what he's saying uh, will help keep you from getting lost in the forest, you see. And, and because there, there's there's a thread continuing here that the writer isn't just talking in verses and this is, you know, common throughout, especially the, the New Testament. In Hebrews 8, the following chapter from where Joel just was explaining uh, Abraham and Melchizedek and, and how that all played in with the, the priesthood of, of the Jews uh, through the Levitical priests. I mean, he continues on. He, he continues on to make the, the bigger point that Joel had mentioned about Jesus is superior to that priesthood. Jesus is superior to that old covenant. And he established a new one. He became the high priest, ending the law, ending the priesthood. Um, you know, priests in Hebrews 8, for every high priest is an appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. So it is necessary that this high priest, Jesus, also have something to offer, which would be, of course, himself and he obtained a more excellent ministry more excellent than that one 
uh, as the mediator of a better covenant, which was enacted upon better promises in Hebrews 8, 6. Uh, for if that first covenant had been without fault, there would have been no occasion or reason to seek a second one. Um, and, and, and so we, we find these things going on here in, in the book of, of Hebrews that ultimately what, what people will try to use against you, so to speak, as uh, a rule for tithing 10% of your money misses the, the, the big picture entirely when, when, as Joel said, it's just, it's just God trying to show people that Jesus Christ, our new high priest in a new and better covenant with a more excellent ministry is superior to that old way of doing things. And so this is uh, this has been great stuff here, Joel, as you explained that. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have never heard that before. Right, yeah. I mean, it, it's not as if the writer was writing all of this great stuff about the superiority of Jesus over the Old Covenant, and then he says, I'm just going to throw in something about people tithing, but I've got to make sure they <laughs> tithe. No, it's he was using the tithe to make his case for something bigger, the bigger picture like you were talking about. He's making a case about something that really had nothing to do with tithing, but he was able to use Abraham's tithe to show that Melchizedek was greater than Abraham. And so we'll have a little bit more to say about the subject of tithing next week. You know, this um, idea that it's a principle for Christian living tithing, that is. But then after that, uh, the week after that, we'll get into giving gracefully, giving by grace. So stay tuned in the weeks to come right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace. Growing in Grace.